Welcome to a new episode of Raidercast. Today I'm joined by not one, but two brand new guests of the show. Tomb Raider fans and game streamers, Steve of Wars Steve, and Confessions of a Gaming Mom's Laurie. Hello guys, welcome to Raidercast. Hi. Hello. Hello everyone. Great to be here. Very, very pleased to have you both on the show. And together at the same time, this is great. Yes. We've done it. A few yeah, times. no, it's been an absolute. <laughs> yeah. This is this is my first time being on a Raidercast podcast, so I'm really excited. I've heard I've heard about you from far and wide about this show, so it's um it's nice to be a part of it. Yeah, Wonderful. I'm, I'm definitely honoured to be on be on the show. <laughs> oh my god, no, I'm honoured to have both of you. Seriously, this is like I'm sort of fangirling out right now. It's, it's very exciting. Oh, stop it. Very very your check, exciting. Your check is in the post. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about a topic that is close to many people's many people's hearts. The topic is ports, remakes, and remasters. Three words that you can't go five posts online without seeing whenever the official channels talk about anything. Whether it be about Lara's past adventures over the last 25 years or something, we'll just always get... Where's the ports? Where's the remasters? Where's the remakes? Give us this game. Give us this game again. We want to go back to this game. We want to see this again. Every time, without fail, we'll be seeing things yeah. like this. It's like it's like the holy trinity of um, wants and needs from the community. Mm. And I kind of get why. Because, yes. uh, as we'll discuss later, it's getting harder and harder to play these games mm-hmm. in the modern day. Yeah, easily. it really is. So... With this in mind, we're going to be talking about this a little bit later, but first of all, I want to get to know you guys a little bit better. So for people who might not have heard of you somehow, if they live under a rock, <laughs> Laurie, would you like to go first? Talk a little bit about your Tomb Raider journey, please. Of course, of course. You already obviously know this already, Chris, because we've known each other a while. We have. Um, but yes, so my journey started with Tomb Raider back in 1996 when um, the games first came out. Uh I'd been a casual gamer, obviously I was only young at the time, Um, so Tomb Raider was my first sort of really deep dive into gaming. Bought my first PlayStation, um, or I got it for Christmas, I should say I didn't buy it myself, I was 11 at the time. Um, It was the first game I bought for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hell of a lot of pocket money you've been I know, yeah. (laughs) So... um, So yeah, so every year then since it was basically my... um, my birthday or Christmas, I would be getting a uh, Tomb Raider game. I think the peak of my obsession, I was saying to um, my husband yesterday, was uh, Tomb Raider 3. I can remember collecting all the magazines and just cutting out everything for it. And yeah, it was just absolutely top of top of my obsession at that point. Um, it kind of petered out a little bit um, after Angel of Darkness, because obviously there wasn't anything really around other than the movie and stuff like that. Um, then obviously Legend came out. Um, because I wasn't on the forum at the time, I didn't realise that Core Design had actually left. I just thought it was still Core until I saw how very different it was. And then I realised, hang on, <laughs> CD isn't Core Design, it's Crystal Dynamics. What the hell? And I think that's at the time that I joined um, Team Raider Forums, um, which in subsequent um, months, years, I got to meet the lovely Chris. I got to meet um, loads of other different people. I especially obviously got to meet... Jay Walker, who um, eventually became my husband, and we now have a son together, who's um, Uh, one of his first words. Yeah, that's how we met. (laughs) That's (laughs) nice to have the origin story of that. (laughs) That's pretty pretty cute. 
Something so, positive uh, from those forums. Yeah, it's the one one good thing other than, like I said, my friendships as well, like with Chris and um, and just like AJ, loads of other people come from come from the forums. Um, so yeah, and that's been it. Basically, that cemented my sort of having Tomb Raider in my life for basically ever is Jay them um, <laughs> sort of put in the ring on the finger. So. <laughs> you can't escape now. No, I can't. So uh, the only problem is obviously that side is then I also get the fan side from my side and I also have the dev side from Jay. So uh, so mm. yeah, it's 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 been a, an interesting learning curve over the last few years, I can tell you that. The best of both worlds you have truly experienced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. All times. the free games. All the free games. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. <laughs> wow. How about you, Steve? Tell us your Tomb Raider journey. Well, um, mine's not quite as extravagant or <laughs> as um, opulent, I guess, as Laurie's <laughs> story. It's it's basically. Tomb Raider 1 was one of the first PlayStation games that I ever owned. When I first got the PlayStation, unfortunately the video is on a format of tape that can't be translated anymore for a camera that doesn't exist nowadays. Um, so you can't unfortunately see this video of me kicking and screaming in the air when my brother got my, me a PlayStation for Christmas. I was over the moon. And Aww. one of the games that came with it was, wow. was um, Tomb Raider 1. And um, I remember from there being quite like sort of like taken aback by the game itself being one of a kind. I think the actual first exposure I had to playing was on a demo system over at a Curry's where they had the Sega Saturn version all set up ready for you to be able to play on the shop floor. Wow. Um, so I was just kind of like in, in, engrossed by this unique experience and I wanted to play more of it. But it wasn't until I, I played like one and then I had three. I didn't have two at the time. <gasps> And I was a bit of a, a scrub. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I used quite a lot of cheats. I was quite young. I used quite a lot of cheats because I found it quite difficult. I used a lot of level skips and stuff like that. But I still had a good time with the game when I was younger, regardless. Mm. Especially with Tomb Raider 3. That was hard. But mm. um, it was, wasn't until I, I kind of didn't go back into the series until Anniversary came out. Because Tomb Raider 1 like one of my favorite games. And Anniversary came out. And it's like, oh, cool, they're remaking it. And I played that and I quite enjoyed that. But since then, I didn't, I didn't really kind of like, I wasn't a huge deep part of the community until like I am now. I mean, I played Tomb Raider 2013. I thought it was okay, a bit derivative of other franchises out at the time, <coughs> Uncharted. And I played Rise of the Tomb Raider and I have yet to play Shadow. Um, but it wasn't until um, a chance meeting from where I work. I work at an IT sector at, a, at our local university. And I did. I volunteered for some overtime to help with a new media awards event that they were doing. And one of the guest speakers that they had was Adrian Smith. That's and cool. Adrian Smith ah. has a local games development company for mobile games. He makes games. It's, the company's called Amuso Games. And he makes, com he makes games for companies like Disney. He does like Star Wars properties, Lego properties and stuff like that. And they got their own stuff um, coming out as well. But I managed to get chatting to him because he gave a talk about Tomb Raider. I've actually got pictures of the slides that I took when I was sat there just in awe of the fact that this mm. huge opportunity just dropped itself into my lap because I was thinking about doing the retrospective anyway. And I was really interesting to sort of hear what he was saying. But then I got chatting to him afterwards and I sort of said, do you know what? I'll take a chance and ask him this. Um, if I had some questions prepared and you wanted me to do sort of like at a camera, would you mind me coming over to your studio to film an interview? And he was like, yeah, sure. Gave me a business card, exchanged emails and that's how we got set up. So, so cool. literally the first thing I filmed for the retrospective 
was the interview with Adrian Smith, which is one of the last things yeah. I've recently released. Mm. released. But from there, um, that's what kind of kickstarted it all off. I got to see his studio. I got to sort of like chatting with people. And that's where I got that disc, which you no doubt probably have seen Tomb of Ash upload it, which is the E3 build of, I can't remember what year, but it was that one where it was on a disc and it was all kind of these static dioramas and yeah. that version of Lara yeah. Croft in the black sort of like, like onesie almost <laughs> um, version of her suit. It was a very unique um, character design. But yeah, that um, came from him because he gave me this disc from this like Lara clothing line range wallet that he still yes. kept in his office drawer. Oh, wow. And um, he he said like, yeah, if you can pull anything off of this, because it was a PS2 formatted disc, then you're welcome to it. So that's why I gave it to mm -hmm. Ash. He was able to wow. rip it off of um, all the stuff from that through a PC, PS2 emulator. And that's how it became public. But yeah, from there, I've just basically did Tomb Raider 1 and then went through all of the games. A lot of them for the first time, like 2, 4, and Chronicles, and Angel of Darkness. Um, even Legend to a degree. I've played Legend as a demo, but I never completed these games. And wow. like I've just gone from strength to strength to strength to like actually going through these and really appreciating what went into them and also kind of getting a bit frustrated <laughs> by some of the outdated um, elements of game design. There's no doubt some people who have took it upon themselves to let me know um, in the comment section with Last Revelation uh, passionately about a certain puzzle under the sinks. But um, it's yeah, it's it, it's I've been a part of the community I'd say for the last three years, really quite heavily. But I've I have my eyes open to a whole side of the community I never even knew existed, like the whole level building community, which I'm doing a series on now. It's mm -hmm. it's incredible stuff. The passion's still there. The, the demand is still there for these games to be played on newer systems. And it's, yeah, there's some really, really nice people that I've met, like yourself and obviously Laurie and every and Jason and, and Ash and Terranetta and everyone else that I've been talking to. It's been absolutely fantastic. Sorry, I feel like I've I've just exploded with words. I do apologize. <laughs> Amazing. It's fantastic. I love hearing Sorry. origin stories. It's great. That's all right. It's really cool. So let's dive into the topic at hand. Ports, remakes, remasters. What do you guys make of this? Because it's... I don't want to say it's gathering steam. I feel like it's all... It's always been there, bubbling under the surface. But it is seemingly louder lately. A lot of people are yes. talking about it. Mm. What do you guys think? I kind of, it's, like you said, it's always been there. I do think it's definitely a lot louder this year because I think people see it as, well, it's the 25th anniversary, therefore it's it would be a disservice to the franchise to not make them more playable um, and actually get them more reachable to uh, people that haven't played them that maybe have only played um, the reboot trilogy or they've only played LAU or whatever. Um, and also, mm. I think, with the whole acknowledgement, because it always seemed to me that Crystal did a lot of kind of like they were trying to sweep the classics under the rug. That's mm. what it always felt like to me. Like they were kind of like, oh, yeah. just ignore what came before. It's always about <laughs> looking forward. About but now the whole thing with them saying about unifying the timelines, I think it's just really made people think, oh, my God, that means that they're actually they're, phys they're physically showing a... Uh, respect and an acknowledgement of the classics that came before them therefore we're going to get a unification so it must mean that we're going to get something else to do with the classics so and the fact they've also said they're not doing a game this year I think people are kind of like well they've got to be giving us something so, <laughs> as Tomb Raider fans are you have to give us something I mean come on a so, Netflix show <laughs> yeah. <A> cookbook <laughs> A cuddly toy. <laughs> I would love a cuddly toy. That would be great. I would too. Yes. I've got I plenty of Lara plushie. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
how about you, Steve? What do you make of this? <sighs> to be honest, I kind of gonna be echoing a lot of what Laurie has said, mm. and and going by what people have been doing recently, like reacting to certain facial twitches that certain members <laughs> of the Crystal Dynamics team have been making, and trying to basically make mountains out of molehills just shows how hungry that the community mm. is for stuff like this to be a thing. And I think why people get so passionate and I guess there's no other way of putting it other than angry at these people is that you look over the pond, you see Crash Bandicoot, you see the Insane Trilogy and what that happened with that. You look over the pond at Spyro, same thing again, Reignited Trilogy, fantastic little remaster, CTR. And all these other games that have gotten, like Medieval got a free mm. freaking remaster yeah. as well for PlayStation. And they think, wow, that's so cool. That's kind of what we've been asking for for ages. And it feels like they're not listening to us. So when they've got nothing to go by and they get like comments about like, we hear your comments, you know, we know what's, you know, we, you know, we've got surprises coming and all these sort of vague, vague hints and vague terms being thrown at them. I can understand why they'd be frustrated because they just want the similar sort of treatment to their beloved franchise that apparently these people do care about. Because I think there's, like you said, there's a lot of poo-pooing from what I'm retroactively hearing about. Because I didn't know about this until I started starting to speaking to you, to Jason, to everyone else mm. in the community um, about what Crystal had said about the classic franchise out at the same time that they were promoting the Survivor trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it seems like they're trying to now course correct, which is good. You got the stuff out that's with Fortnite. We got the stuff that's out with um, the Netflix show, which is, seems like it'd be quite interesting. Um, but what people really would like, especially for a 25th anniversary, I think it would be a bit disappointing if we didn't see any kind of like just a port, a collection of the first five games that were on the PlayStation um, released for the Switch or for the PlayStation 4. And especially now that the PS3's online store has been taken down, which was yep. primarily a really yes. safe way for people to go to get these games to be able to play mm. digitally without going to Steam. Because not everyone games on PC. And as you've probably seen in my videos, the PC versions of those games aren't exactly a picnic. Um, they can be yeah. a bit of a problem. problem. Yeah. So what yeah. essentially, they're just, they're just basically... Um, clawing at table scraps, whatever they can get. Mm -hmm. And I think it's coming to a head now because I feel like with this whole unification of the timeline thing, it could be leading to more respect for the series, leading to potentially more of a revitalization of the brand because mm. of stuff that what they've done to retroactively damage it, they're kind of doubling back on and sort of saying, well, actually, Classic Lara is still val valid and viable. You know, and classic Lara is what we eventually want to lead to. Because um, after three games of her becoming the Tomb Raider, she now has to become the Tomb Raider. It'd be a bit silly mm. if she wasn't. Yep. But yep. it's just, it will be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see. But I think mm. that just people just really would love to see this happen. And I don't think they're asking for too much. I think a lot of people would just be happy with straight up just one-to-one -one ports of the PlayStation versions or the PC versions in, in a yeah. more fixed and consistent way to play them for their home consoles. I mean, that's, what do you guys yeah. think? I think that's absolutely what I would really like to see. I think, I think asking for remakes, personally, I think I, I'm too much of a stickler. I think mm. if they were like, we're remaking all of these games, I would be like, hmm, 
Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I, I like them as they were. But yeah. I mean, if people want them, that's that's fine. You know, it's up to mm. everyone. If they want to see remakes, that's great. But personally, I would love just to see ports, like Steve was saying, ports one to five, on a console. Have it work. It looks as it used to. Even if it's just, I don't know, upscaled slightly. Is that the right term? Just so mm. it's slightly crisper. Yeah, that would yeah, be great. Running- yeah, 1080p would just be great. A proper yes. widescreen patch for it or something as well, so yeah. we don't have yeah. squished thick Lara um, <laughs> on the screen. Um, just something that's just, yeah, like you said, just an easy way for them to play it. I mean, I'd love a limited run games if they partnered with them and said, hey, you know, um, we've got the physical releases of these, which we can do with a collector's edition bundle and stuff like that. That'd be an amazing treat for fans, mm. but I don't know. Yeah. That's just wish fulfillment mm. in my head at this point. What would you like to see, Laurie, if it was up to you? What, what would, you would like? I like to see? Um, I definitely would love to see all the games given, like, as someone said, spit and shine. So it's just HD textures, all that sort of stuff. Um, trophies, I guess, and just everything that would make it more fitting within the modern um, gameplay style that people go for. Because, um, I mean, I did see one of the comments that you got, like, I... I it would give me more incentive to go back and play the games 100% if I had the trophies for it. I mean, I wouldn't need that. I just like to play the games, <laughs> but but it's that it would be there for those sort of players um, and for them to be available on all the different consoles, like not just PC, because like we, we've got them on PC now with the right mods. We can play them OK and they look pretty shiny and lovely, but it would be nice to add that extra, like I said, sheen to it, um, but also have the ability to be able to play it on PlayStation and Xbox and like you buy it on PlayStation now and it's absolutely atrocious. I tried to play it um, and it's so pixelated and just awful. So it would be Ooh. nice to be maybe have the play, the PC version ported over um, onto like Switch as well. That would be a really good one. That I would think. be great. And um, mm. like, that would be a dream for me, especially because I've just got one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'd love, uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to play Tomb Raider on a plane, going somewhere exotic. It'd be great. Tomb Raider um, on a plane. That <laughs> sounds like a movie a that Sam Jackson should star in, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and just for like other players, just to be able to play it on their Xbox and PlayStation, just like bringing in all those new gamers and uh, and especially like it was brought up earlier um, with. PlayStation getting rid of their store for PS3. I mean, it's it's scary, really, especially mm. with like Jim mm. Ryan's comment on the fact that like no one plays old games anymore. It's like, what do you know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> seriously. Sony, Sony's attitude to their own yes, back catalog is just frightening. Yeah, was, Microsoft are yeah. doing the best with that yeah. at the moment. Yeah, it was like, hands down. I remember when it came out. It was about a week ago when uh, mm. we saw those comments. Yes. And it was, I don't know, it just felt like I was bashing my head against the wall. Mm. Yeah. It's like someone saying, oh, I went to this art gallery and they had these Van Goghs up on the wall. Who even looks at those anymore? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like people are painting new things all the time. (laughs) Yeah. But come on, I mean, it's... It's just like... like, In terms of these remasters or ports or remakes or whatever, I think as well a big part of it is that it's preservation. It's not just mm. for the sake of, you know, they're there for people who want them. It's they have earned their place in gaming history. Yes. They are important to a lot of people, mm. and they are the legacy of a nearly thirty-year-old series. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for games. Like not even to mm. mention like 
what Lara did for games in general. Mm. It's just, I think it's important to preserve them as well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely agree. And that's one thing that Microsoft is doing very well at the moment, is making mm -hmm. their old games completely yeah. playable and accessible to people. Even physical media, which is just brilliant. I just, yeah. like I said, bash my head against the wall when Sony continue to not offer mm. the same thing when they could easily do it. But It's so nah. frustrating. But it's just to me, like, I was kind of, I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised that he said it. Because in my mind, it's very much the general sort of attitude of a lot of people in the games industry in terms of not like obviously the people that work on the games that work on the ground I'm talking about management a lot of them are just like literally accountants counting the pennies they're not the mm. ones that are actually yeah. passionate about gaming and that's what Jim Ryan is he's literally just sitting there counting the pennies he's like we've got these games sitting there it's costing us yeah he's like these games are costing us money and we're barely making anything from them so we might as well just scrap it sod all the people that are actually still playing them or like if we were to do um, sort of remasters of them and like sort of make them look a little bit nicer for those that want to want to play them or like discover them again. And it, he's just like, no, it's just too much money. That's all they care about. Mm -hmm. And it's and that's what I... kind of makes me really apprehensive when people go on about remasters and ports and different things like that, because I'm like, you, you really don't know how computer game management works. Mm. <laughs> really no, it's a shame. No, and it... <laughs> And it's also one of those things where at the moment over the last five years especially there's just been this huge movement of the retro revival kind of genre mm. where you've got games like Dusk which I've said you've probably mentioned, heard me mention this game before Laurie on the stream yeah. um, which is like a retro shooter done in the style of Quake with the same sort of engine but like with modern standards um, and just things like that have been cropping up loads of pixel art games have been making a yes. huge comeback Celeste's a fantastic platform and that was done intentionally in the style of like Mario games and those old sort of like old style pixel art games but there's a market for them, and as much as like the old classic games are niche, there is still, if it's done correctly and the passion is yeah. there, they can still be viable. Yep. Like, why isn't there a retro revival series of the old school Tomb Raider games in the same sort of engine, but mm. just done with a newer tech behind it? Like the fan mm. communities have gone out of their way with the level editor to create a new version of the level editor to do some fantastic stuff with the game that mm -hmm. I don't even think core design were even dreamt were possible no. with, with their no. own engine so it just shows that it's there it just needs some kind of official backing yes. maybe that could be something done in the future i don't know it's just mad that be that would be amazing but mm. i know like you said bean counters that's the people who are in charge yes money talks unfortunately, unfortunately. so i'm gonna have a look again because for people who just listen to the podcast and don't follow any of us online um <laughs> If, if such people exist. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the there day, are. <laughs> yeah. The other day, uh, I put a, a sort of poll out on Twitter, on Instagram and YouTube, just asking, would people like to see um, ports, remasters, remakes of Tomb Raiders 1 all the way through Underworld? Because even the Legend Anniversary Underworld trilogy aren't available on some consoles as well. Mm. On modern consoles for people to play. And I was literally expecting maybe about up to 100 votes would have been a nice little data set. Over a thousand people voted on Twitter alone. And I was That's like, insane. holy crap. I like holy have this crap. at two days as well. Like, so I was like, just so we ready for this episode. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like a further 600 or something on YouTube. So I was like, wow. So this is a subject that people are really interested in. Mm -hmm. So people like this. Mm -hmm. 
So we got some, some of the comments that people have been saying, and I think a lot of people do make really good points. Um, again, like uh, Laurie was saying, we got someone asking, I just want trophy support as another reason to 100% every game. Um, would love for them to be ported to Switch. HD ports would be amazing. It doesn't need to be completely remade, just updated textures, maybe some slight graphical fixes. Someone's saying as well on the other side, not so fussed on ports. Fans already kind of do remasters when upgrading textures, etc. Remakes are something we need a studio for, so I'm interested in the remakes, providing they stick exactly to the original story. Wouldn't That's happen. an interesting... Yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting thing you've mentioned about the fans there, because I'm wondering how much that um, whoever's in charge rests on their laurels a bit, because they look over at the fan community and saying, oh, well, they're doing the work for us. Mm. So why do we need to? That's it's, one of those, it's one of those things in terms of... Um, I think Jay's used a, uh, a saying, he uses it a lot with things, um, with Lara, um, Lisa in Simpsons when she says to uh, Homer, see this rock? This is a bear repellent rock. You can tell it's working because there's no bears around sort of thing. <laughs> and it's kind of the whole thing where they're kind of like, well, we're not hearing anything like bad from like the media or anything, even though they're probably sticking their heads in the sand when they do say stuff. <laughs> but they're kind of like, well, we're not hearing anything like really, really bad. So therefore it must be taking care of itself. Therefore we don't actually have to do anything. I think it is a lot of that that goes on mm. within their sort of, but again, I think they are very blinkered in terms of, we're just looking at what's going forward. We don't look at what, yeah, what's, what's ahead. behind us sort of mm. thing. What, where, yeah. the money where the money maker is, is in front of us, not behind us. I think that's how they, they tend to see it a lot of the time. Which is interesting counter to what Nehar was saying from the Tomb Raider 2 stream the other day, mm. where it's basically she sort of addressed the comments about everyone constantly yes. asking about these ports and remasters, yes. and she said, yep. we're I not horses with blinkers, we do hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's all she could really say, because clearly, I don't know, it. I think she's, I think they're planning something. I don't know what, but mm. I think they they're, they're working towards making something happen for us. I don't yes. know where I'm getting this information from or whatever, but it's just, it's a hunch that yeah. I have just from the body language yeah. and the and the language in general that they've been using, especially when we've been streaming for them and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, yeah interesting. For Thanks. them to, to say that sort of stuff, like, like I said, because they, they have been very blinkered, but it's, and that's why I think we have that sort of peak now in people sort of talking about like remasters and ports and different things like that because there is that little glimmer of hope now that because they have turned around and said we are actually listening to you mm -hmm. and we've never had that before normally crystal are very no. very quiet yeah we're not doing anything we they, don't see anything they mentioned the underworld dlc for the first time yeah. didn't they because someone brought it up mm. when i was when we were yeah. streaming and they said we're yeah. actually working to get those onto pc which is like bonus that, because the only way you can actually play those legitimately on a pc is through the xenia xbox mm. 360 mm. emulator yeah um so that's good yeah. <laughs> i was like i saw that Please. recently as well and i was really excited i was like finally i'm gonna be able to play this dlc that i've never been able to find before because yeah, i've, I've never, never had it. an xbox mm. um and then i tried i got the xenia thing and it was like yes you also need to have an xbox under an xbox live account or something to own the game and the dlc and then somehow bring it over to the pc version i was like no <laughs> 
So close. <laughs> so close and yet so far. <laughs> so going over some more of the comments, I mean, if there's any comments that you guys have seen specifically as well, if you want to jump in with these as well. All right. Um, well, one that seems to spring to mind at least is the one to do with, I want it with open Lara graphics for classics, some texture improvements on loud trilogy trophies and photo modes. This to me is exactly what I want for this because open Lara looks fantastic and mm -hmm. it frustrates me to no end Beautiful. that it only works 100% the first game and i i completely yeah. respect this is just x progger just by himself this project yep. i'm pretty sure i think so. um so it's, it's gonna work. take a lot of work to get it all working but if they did get some official backing behind that because it's 60 fps it's also well, yeah. the water the water in it looks amazing it's so um, nice it look the lighting's great um there's multiplayer as well yeah. like a like a drop-in drop-out co-op system of sorts which That's would be so great cool. Yeah. Improved textures and yeah, and the stuff to do with the Loud trilogy. Again, I've talked about it on my Legend video where I've even fixed some of the graphical issues to do with Legend. Mm -hmm. And from from that, I've been chatting with some other people, um, the same people actually who I talked about with uh, with the to begin with the Legend fixes about fixing Anniversary because there are some issues with some of the character models in Anniversary as well. And there's a thread now that started in the Anniversary thread on the Tomb Raider forums, which is pretty good. But um, trophies and photo modes, I think, would just be amazing additions considering like how much people are making use of Fortnite Lara yeah um with the photo mode in that mm. it's going to i think especially in the old, the newer games as well with the survivor mm. trilogy they made use of that too make making her make stupid faces when she's immediate peril <laughs> is one of my favorite things <laughs> yeah. to do in those games but something like that would just be quite cool just the ability to have a free roaming camera so you can take photos pose her and do whatever i think that'd be great yeah mm. i think it'd be fantastic no, the, the tweet that stood out for me is one because I was just like, yes, this is 100% what I agree with. And it's um, from Classic Tomb where he said, uh, like, ports, HD ports, switch ports, it's all that we need and all that we deserve, nothing else. Remake will cause more tensions, quarrels and divisions within the community as it is very costly and needs specialised and professional hands. And that is exactly what I think with mm -hmm. remakes. Like, people keep asking for remakes and stuff. And it's like, and like they say, we want remakes, but we want a... Um, sort of a loyal remake of that of the game that you're remaking and it wouldn't happen there's no way it would happen no. crystal would want to add no their way. own skin to it no way it would no way would it could, happen could and... you see them handling angel of darkness in this no. day and age they would melt like the wicked witch of the west and oz that would be yeah a death sentence for them yeah and it's just kind of like and you if even if they did remake it as loyal like to the to the original as possible, there'd still be critics on it, yeah, and absolutely. it would it would just cause further division. And mm -hmm. the community does not need that. It needs to be like brought together. Hence why the I think they're doing the whole unifying of the timelines thing because they're like we're sick of this division. We need to bring all the fans together and like get that support. We're stronger together than we are apart, so to speak. Um, so to me, remasters are the way forward in terms of you can't really remake perfection in that sense like there's going to be someone yeah. who's not going to be 100 percent happy and mm. yeah mm. it's just it's it's not worth the hassle they're going to spend they end up spending a lot of money on it a lot of time on it that can be working on something else so yeah i think remasters for me are just what they should be concentrating on if they're going to even touch the classics yeah what just remaster them yeah. bundle them with the gold edition stuff and then you're yes. you're absolutely laughing yes yeah. if they had the gold editions as well that would be 
really cool. I think yes. a lot of people would like that. Absolutely spawn. Yeah. Some um, people were talking about bringing back the dead one that was for, meant to be for two made of four, and I'm just like, no, no, no. You clearly don't <laughs> understand what's happening. They're not going to put work in. That's not going to require them to actually design something new. No. Uh, That's not yeah, I saw happen. someone That's say stuff like that where they're just like, make it exactly the same, but um, just update it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. add all these things. Just a yeah. different Lara, yes. <laughs> not gonna do it. <laughs> I want to play as Curtis in every game. <laughs> what sort of things as well? So, do we think that the most commercially viable thing for them would be remasters? Sort of well, like Steve was just saying, like with this sort of um, open Lara style upgrade to things, or just ports. Which sort of thing do you reckon would be more commercially viable and the most realistic? If it happens, what sort of thing do you imagine we'll see? You first, Steve. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so, from a business point of view, the one that financially makes more viable sense is to just do ports. From a community point of view. To really show that they care about the franchise and want to do something special for the 25th anniversary going forward, I think a slight upgrade to the visuals would be better. Mm. It shows then that they are willing to go the extra mile with the community to not necessarily reinvent the wheel, just give it a polish. Mm. And that to me is something that I think, although I would love to see that, I think the financially viable one would just be to straight port them and just fix some of the the more egregious bugs but that would the other the latter would be the thing that i would love to see yeah so for me i do i'm with steve in the whole thing of realistically i think it would be ports um but i think because people don't understand like i said i i hear a lot of the dev side with jay they don't understand like the legal side of things and also like the financial side of things and the time that it takes and like jay was just like listing all these different things that like, oh, they don't understand this, 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 this. And like with a like remaster, you've got to actually get the time um, or like a team that's dedicated to be able to do it, a team that is actually willing to do it. Because obviously, obviously the teams that made the games before don't exist anymore. So you'd actually have to get mm. a team together willing to make the, to give the time on it on a game that's not even theirs. So they wouldn't really technically get the credit for it. Um, you also then have the time to, um, find all the fixes or what what needs to be fixed and you have to fix them then you have to test them and all the different things like that um you need to um sort of get into the like if if you're gonna make the the mods yourself as well like if they're because they would have to start start from the ground up they wouldn't be able to do it um like take the fan mods and be able to just put make them official mods they'd have to take like do it all themselves because that would be an absolute legal minefield you could have like person a saying yes it was me that created this mod and therefore they put that person's name on like all the legal sort of uh papers and stuff but then you'll have person b come along and be like hang on they stole that from me and then you've got a whole other argument coming in. The and to them it's just from, not worth yeah. it yeah it's just not worth yeah. it so they might as well start from the ground up and yeah. it's a lot of work so mm. um for me i think the most realistic thing would be the ports um, and to me, I think that would probably be the best thing for now in terms of just one, they can get a gauge on how popular the games are in terms of like if they were to get it working sort of on PC so that we don't need all these different mods to get them to work, um, then be able to sort of get it over to the Switch, get it over to Xbox. I think Xbox would be more open to it. Maybe even get them onto PlayStation eventually if they could convince Jim Ryan to get his head out of his 
rear end. (laughs) (laughs) And actually realise people do love to play old games. Like you just, you don't know. It's a lot, it it means they have to convince a lot of people, I think. So Mm. um, they have to be convinced it's actually viable so there's also there's never been a better time i think with the Mm. the unification about to happen having something like this to remind the fan base that's already existing and new people to tomb raider this is kind of where things are now up to chronologically within the series we've done we've had past things this is where we're at now this is what lara has become we're this is where we're moving on from so it's i think it's with the 25th anniversary as well, I think there's never really been a better time to do something like this. Mm. I think it's great. Yes. Yeah. So, Steve and Laurie, thank you so much for joining on this episode. Uh, if you'd like to say to people where they can find you online, chat to you more, go ahead, drop your handles. If if you want to find anything that I do, just um, search Steve of War and you'll probably come up in Google with my Twitter account is Steve of War, Facebook page, Instagram, I've got a, oh, not Reddit, SoundCloud as well for weird video game mashups that I do. Uh, but mostly it's YouTube and Twitch are the big things you can find me on. Uh, I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays with the community evening on Fridays. So catch me there. Mine are all over the place. So <laughs> um, I'm I'm Laurie, L-O-R-I underscore E-N on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Confessions of a Gaming Mum on YouTube where I do gaming videos as well as vlogs. Um, I'm also on Twitch as Gaming Mum Confesses as well. So it's mainly YouTube and Twitch that I'm on. Um, but I also have a Confessions of a Gaming Mum um, Facebook page as well. Perfect. Thank you both so much again. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you very much for no the worries. invite. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs>